You may have heard of us, but you might not know Bank First is a community bank that has no fee ATM access, interest and perks earning checking accounts. With online and mobile banking, mortgages for every stage of life, and modern business banking for businesses, small and big. We keep it all together to put you first. Do you bank with us? You should. Bank First is an equal housing lender and a member FDIC. Well, welcome to Out of Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau. I'm Bart Gregory, along with Charlie Winfield. We're in the Farm Bureau studios here in downtown Startville. Farm Bureau, go with the home team at Farm Bureau. Check them out at favorites.com. They have agents all across the state of Mississippi, so home, life, auto, whatever you're in the market for in the insurance world, go by and see our friends at Farm Bureau. Charlie, feels weird, man. We had Sunday off. We had last week off. Feels great to get back in the studio. Seems like it's been a while. It has been a while, but... I think we needed a weekend off. This football team needed a weekend off. And now, even though we have football on the horizon, you can peek forward a little bit to basketball because just today, Chris Jans over at the SEC Media Days. And it's almost like we talk about sometimes with Methodist preachers, we needed a week off from our audience, and our audience needed a week off from us. They might have wanted more than a week. They probably wanted more than a week. Joined in studio today by Marcus Grant, former Bulldog. What, 92 to 1995? Is that right? 91 to 95. 91 to 95? Okay. Marcus, we're getting old, man. Uh, I I am too. (laughs) (laughs) So it was announced, you know, you guys announced last week that you're coming on board working with the Bulldog Initiative now. We'll get into the NIL and all that good stuff. And first of all, how long have you been back in Starville? A couple months now. Yeah, a couple months. Uh, I think I came back middle of July. So I've been in the basketball world ever since you left here. Of course, uh, played here, came back as a part of the staff with Rick Stansberry. Spent some time with Phil down at Troy. Yep. And then Rick put the band back together at Western Kentucky, didn't he? Yes, he did. Yes, yeah. He did. Yep. Well, looking back, I guess we'll, what do we want to start with, Charlie? Playing days? Well, that's where I have to start. Uh, because so for me, I think of Mississippi State basketball in sort of eras. The first era for me was Butch Pierre, Jeff Malone, Cal Patrick Wells, and then you roll forward your Greg Carters and your Cameron Burns. But so you win the SEC. Remember in '91, right? And you've got Greg Carter, Doug Hartsfield, you know Tony Watts, yes. all these guys. Yep. But then it very much it David felt Domain, like David Domain, bumper. Yes. But so when you rolled into 92, though, it was it was a, a start over. Oh, it was a rough year. And, you know, you think about, so who else was on that 92 team coming in with you? Uh, we had six guys come in that year. It was Chuck Evans. Oh, man. We, S- we got to S- flag that guy to me. SPG of all time, yeah. Mississippi State to me. Myself, George Brooks, who was on the current <laughs> staff. I mean, uh, Bubba Wilson, who was a, who, he was a most highly touted recruit uh, out, out of the group. Uh, Johnny Walker. And Eric Stevens. And, uh, and Jay Walton, uh, Pascal Gould kid. Yep. All right, so I got to ask you this. You mentioned earlier today we were having a conversation. You thought about not coming here on a visit. Well, yeah, I, I committed to go to Northwestern. And uh, I was scheduled to visit Mississippi State the, the following weekend. So I, uh, the morning of the visit, Friday morning, Rick Stansberry called me to cross all the T's and dot the I's. You're still coming. What time are we going to pick you up? And I said, well, I'm not coming. I uh, committed to Northwestern last night, so I appreciate you recruiting me. You did a great job, but I'm 
going to Northwestern, want to get a degree from Northwestern, and, and I'm going to start as a freshman. And this is Northwestern in Chicago. In Chicago. Yeah, right. this is not Northwestern the, State. The, the, educational institu- the educational institution <laughs> in Chicago, exactly. Well, I mean, they'd say the same thing down at Akers, too. <laughs> so I'm thinking the deal is done. You know, I'm going to, going to Northwestern. And so one, 1 o'clock Saturday morning, there's a knock at my door. And I'm asleep, of course. Everybody's asleep at 1.30. My mother gets up and walks down stairs and pe- peers through the curtain and is Rick Stansberry. <laughs> She's like, Rick, get away from here. It, no, it's, it's over, Rick. He's going to Northwestern. Get away from here. So my dad finally gets up and, and, and lets him in. And, of course, Rick, you know, he said, hey, just smooth talking. <laughs> hey, the greatest recruiter you ever – you're going you're gonna to run across. You know, he said, hey, just let him come visit and – if he still wants to go to Northwestern, then let him go to Northwestern. But just just let him come visit. <laughs> and then, yeah. so, the, so the school plane comes over. Back then, the school plane could come pick you up. The school plane comes over, flies me over on Saturday. I, I stay here Saturday, go back home Sunday, and the rest is history. You know, I always said in recruiting of Rick, yep. if you put him in front of 200 people, he would be nervous and he would kind of be skittish a little bit. You put him in front of 50 people, and he was still a little bit uneasy. You put him in front of five, and he's the best friend for life. Absolutely. So I don't think I've ever seen a guy that good at relationships with an inner core of people. Yes. I mean, it's it's unreal. And I've seen it. Like I said, I experienced it as a recruit, and then he hired me when I got done playing professionally. So I, I saw it up close and personal as a as a coach on his staff. You you can't even explain it. So you mentioned somebody I have to ask about because yep. he was one of my favorite players, and that's Chuck Evans. Oh man, mighty, um, mighty dog. So <laughs> with his game, so a lot of guys we've had the conversation in baseball a lot, like all time best shortstops, all time. You said, hey man, this is an all time great at point guard. Oh. Would Chuck Evans' game translate to today? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, the guy, he, he saw the game through different lenses. You know, like he was always three plays ahead of everybody else. He, those, the two years that I played with him, they were the easiest years of basketball I ever played because he got me the ball whenever I was open. He put it in the pocket while I had to do was catch it and shoot it. And it, it was just a, it was, it was easy basketball playing with him. So then let's fast forward to 95 because the thing that happened with your group, you come in, you struggle. Mm-hmm. Then in 94, you're in the NIT a couple of years later. And then your senior year, we end up going to the Sweet 16. But the game, and I know you probably get tired of talking about this, but the game I remember was the game up at Kentucky. Mm-hmm. It seemed like, obviously, you had the big game. You had 23 points that night. Right. You shot it really well from deep. Yeah. But it seemed like that was a game, too, where a Marcus uh, – Excuse me. Uh, yeah, Marks Bullard. Bullard, yeah. And, you know, Bullard takes a step forward, getting a start. It was like some other guys kind of grew up that night, too. Well, they had to because, I don't know if you remember, our starting power forward was Brian Price. Right. So, the previous game, he, he sprains an ankle against Auburn. And we lost that by, like, one point we here. Lost. That's right. That's right. So, he's unable to play at Kentucky. So, that's when Mark, Marcus Bullard is inserted into the lineup. I slide down to the uh, power forward position. So, we were playing small ball way before small ball was even thought about. We, we go up there with our main purpose is to handle their pressure because they're, they're going to press you the whole game. That Tony Delk, oh. Epps. Oh, my God. Uh, McCarty. Walter McCarty, uh, big white kid. He, a pageant. 
Scott Padgett was there. Scott Padgett was on that team, yes, wasn't he? Yes. Antoine Walker coming off the bench. <laughs> Imagine that. Roderick Rhodes. You know, so they, they were ranked number four in the country at the time. Yeah, and we had never won at Rupp Arena. We had won in Lexington like twice ever. Right, right. And that's the thing I remember is we, we had never won there. Okay, listen, I can't remember what I had for breakfast this morning, but I, I can think back, and it's been 29 years now, yeah. essentially, 29 years, 28 and a half years. Didn't they cut it to like one point or – no, 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 no. We, we went on a run to start the second half. You hit a three, and I want to say it was from the left wing, and we went up nine. And I think that was the first time all night that everybody was like, wow, we about, to, we about to win this thing. We got a chance. And I think you hit a three or maybe an and one late in that game, and then you, we end up winning, what, 76-71. But, you know, I talk to Mississippi State people all the time, and we still think think of Thanksgiving night, 1995, in that game. And I was thinking you scored like 35. It was 23. Valentine's Day. Did I say Thanksgiving? Yeah. yeah. Well, well, Valentine's but I don't know what I was doing yeah, Thanksgiving. Valentine's Day. Yeah, Valentine's Day. Thanksgiving night. brings back some bad memories. <laughs> yeah, Thanksgiving 1995 was not very good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, But no, Valentine's <laughs> night, man, yeah. 1995, I remember right where I was watching that thing. Yeah. No, it, it, was, it was an unbelievable experience. I mean, because, like you said, Kentucky, they were they were top of college basketball at the time. Rick Pitino had them playing an unbelievable style. That's, that's when the three three ball became introduced to college. Right, I mean, believe it or not. Well, and, and look, there's no '96 without '95. Because I, hey, I'll I'll say this, and you know, a lot of people remember what Dante did and got hot at the right time, and of course, what Daryl was a part of that '96 team and Eric Dampier, of course. But I think back to 1995, and we know we went to the Final Four in 96. I thought we were a Final Four team and probably a Final Four team that year had it not been for Tyus Edney in the game before us. Unbelievable. Like, we were – we had just won our second-round game against Utah. So, we were sitting in the stands watching UCLA and Missouri. And Missouri should have won the game. They, they, they controlled the entire game. And we, we thought we matched up well with them. They, they played – they were big and slow. We we, we 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 thought we could have beat them. So we, we're sitting there, you know, licking our chops. Four four seconds left in the game. They're up one. Ties it and it gets it and goes the length of the court. Basketball game. So now we're sitting here like, oh, crap. We got we to gotta go play UCLA in Oakland. Yeah. Which is basically a home game. Right. And, and I remember, you know, just thinking about that moment. You know, everybody remembers that play. It's one of the – more transformational plays in the NCAA tournament history. I mean, UCLA people talk about that all the time. But that was also a huge play in Mississippi State basketball history, too, because like you said, we matched up well with Missouri in that next game, and you're probably looking at a Final Four in 1995 had Ty's had any not gone. We're going to talk about NIL in just a little bit. And one of the reasons that NIL came about was the Ed O'Bannon lawsuit out in California. Right. Of course, Ed O'Bannon played on that team. That's right. And so a lot of kids of today and people that are in college, they don't understand what kind of player Ed O'Bannon was. You start talking about name, image, and likeness. Ed O'Bannon, his brother Charles O'Bannon, that whole crew, those guys in today's world in name, image, and likeness, would have made a killing. Would have made a killing. Yeah, Ed O'Bannon, he was a man, 6'9", forward who could play inside out, feathery touch, great defender. Left-handed. Left-handed, yes. Yes, he, 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 would, make a, he would have made a killing today. 
So, before we get to the NIL topic. But let's be honest. He played for Jim Herrick. He was probably already <laughs> making a killing. Well, in fairness, in fairness yes. Uh, so, before we get to kind of the NIL discussion and what you're doing now, mm-hmm. you came back here. You were here as a coach for a number of years. You came hey. in in 2005. Yep. And one of the guys that I still talk about a lot, well, really, there's a lot of guys of in that group. Of course. But – Lawrence Roberts. Yep. And I was having the discussion with somebody the other day, and you always like to talk about how do guys translate. How does Lawrence Roberts translate to today? Oh, he, I mean, he was a stud back then, and he would be a stud now. I mean, the guy was 6'8", 235, agile, strong, could score, could shoot. I mean, how can that not translate? And, and then, too, you came back in 05, and so you missed him. I his, missed his player of the year. You missed his player of the year. That next year when, when you came here, that was year, the year he was – it's almost like Dak in 15 where we're trying to throw the football more with mm-hmm. Dak. He was trying to prove the NFL mm-hmm. guys. Mm-hmm. Lawrence Roberts was trying to prove that he could shoot, shoot. from the out, That's right. outside. That's right. But, you know, I thought the thing that made Lawrence Roberts so good in 2004, and I remember commenting a couple of times about this at the time, was – you know, there are some guys who play in the post that you feel like you have to run the play to get them the ball. You basically got to feed it, clear out, that kind of thing. I thought the thing that made him so good in 2004 was you could just run your offense. Right. And he could handle it in the natural flow of the game. You didn't have to say, hey, everybody, take a timeout. We got to get him the ball. It just all worked. But, you know, you go back, Timmy Bowers had a lot to do with that, too. Zimmerman had a lot to do with that. Brandon Vinson had a lot to do with that. I mean, you just had some role guys. Did Vinson play in 15? No. He wasn't here. He was gone. Brandon was already gone. Was gone yeah. Hey, I think back to when you came back, you were essentially the basketball operations guy, right? Right. My first two years, I was operations. Okay. So, Charlie, we go to Loyola Marymount. We played South Alabama on a Saturday night down in Mobile. That's right. Bus to Birmingham late, late, late. <laughs> Leave out first thing in the morning out of Birmingham. Fly to L.A. to play a Wednesday night basketball (laughs) game against Loyola, okay? Then we fly from – we play Loyola on Wednesday. Next morning we fly to Houston, and we bus from Houston to To Corpus Corpus Christi. Christi, Yes. And so here's the thing. We get on the the bus, and Marcus may not remember this, but I remember it like it happened yesterday. And Mr. C got on the bus – and if he went 45 minutes without being able to smoke a cigarette, he was cantankerous. Yes. And they put this movie on, okay, and it's loud, and there's a lot of shooting going on. And all of a sudden, it was like my nine-year-old, okay, who finally just loses his mind. Mr. Jack lost his mind. He was like, who? And of course, he said a lot, oh. lot of expletives. <laughs> Who came up with this travel itinerary? <laughs> and I remember Marcus looking at me and just kind of winking. <laughs> well, look, hey, look now. Even though I was the operations guy, <laughs> I didn't come up with it. The, the head, the head guy, he he, he has to okay everything. But this, this was the best that we could that we could do. So it it, it was it wasn't very good though. <laughs> Luke's running up down the aisle. Oh God. Uh, and Mr. C's just cussing. Oh, my God. <laughs> Loud as he could go. Yeah, you know, that's yeah. one of the things when you talk about Rick. You can put Dan Mullen in this category, too. There are some coaches who are very comfortable, even in a game, having kids on the benches, having kids around. You know, I don't want my family, if I'm coaching, <laughs> if I'm in court, I don't want to be in the same town. I go get a hotel room to get away from people. <laughs> but, like, you know, Dan Mullen sideline, there were kids everywhere because every coach could have his kids. 
you know, there's a lot of great shots. You know, D. Bossed at the SEC tournament. And with, got, Noah, with Noah down on the beach yeah, talking to him. Don't want to go and swimming after the oh, game. Oh, yeah, it either. was crazy. But now to, think, now to think about that, Noah, he has turned into a great basketball mind. He, he's going to be a great basketball coach. Like, he, he, he was on our team at Western. His thought process and the way he sees the game, going to be, and he's just been around it his whole life. But a lot of kids are around it, but they don't. They don't pick up on on things and, and understand the game. But he he's he's understood the game for a long time. He's going to be a really really good basketball coach. Does he use the word Waller? <laughs> no, he doesn't. <laughs> With a basketball practice, we had John Reek. You know, John's from Africa, and he comes in, and Rick's out there going, "John, quit wallering in the lane." He's like, "Waller? What is what is Waller?" And then Rick was like, "You're Waller." No, what's what's Waller? You, you know, you're Waller, and he just couldn't understand, make him understand what the word Waller meant. Oh god! So, hey, let me ask you this: What's yep. the biggest difference in basketball from? Kind of the the areas, if we're the eras rather. Mm-hmm. If we're going to talk about you as a player, then you as a coach, and oh. then today, what what's the biggest difference that you've seen? The freedom that the coaches give the players now. Like back when I was playing, the three point shot hadn't been in you know in college for a long time. So a really good three point shooter may attempt seven a game if you're really really good. Now guys are shooting. 18, 19 threes a game if you're just one person, if you're a really good three-point shooter. And and coaches like Richard Williams would never uh, allow someone to shoot over 10 three-point shots a game. Darrell Wilson, as good a three-point shooter as he was, he never attempted over seven or eight threes a game. But now today's game, we, we give them – the coaches give the players so much freedom – they, they feel comfortable just jacking them up. I mean, it was basically what? Nolan Richardson and Patino were kind of the two that maybe got ahead of Patino, that Patino was. Richardson, he, I mean, he, he let them – he gave them some freedom. But they, yeah, they were – Dillard they were, and Crawford, yeah, Thurman, those guys. Right, but, right yeah, yeah. Would you say that's one of the big differences of the game now? And to me it just seems like it is. One of the big differences in the game when you talk about Nolan Richardson and I think about, you know, Pat Bradley was good and – what was the other guy that used to shoot from the hawk snout? I mean, no, Alex Dillard. Oh, Alex, Alex Dillard. Dillard. Yeah. I mean, and you had you had Delk at Kentucky. Right. When you start Travis looking, Travis Ford and Mashburn. Yeah. Mashburn was one of the few big guys. That's right. They got turned loose. That's early. right. But That's now right. you look around and you don't. It doesn't seem like you have those pure shooters. No. You knew when those guys took a shot, especially if they were open. Yes. It was going down. It seems like in today's game of basketball, it's turned more into athleticism and not the shooting. Absolutely. I mean. That's that's what the, today's game is. Yeah, uh, the guys they're more athletic now. Like you, you find more ath- athletic guys playing the game than you did back then. Uh, probably not as skilled. Probably don't shoot it as well. But much more athletic. And then the other thing is, you take a look at the NBA. Steph Curry, like he he really revolutionized the game. Like this guy, he 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 he's he's made it okay for you to be on a three on one fast break and you pull up a three. Like Can that. you imagine Can, Richard? Oh my Williams, God! If oh Tony my. Watts had pulled up three on one, <laughs> take like it's okay to pull up a three on a three on one fast break now. I mean, it, that, it, that just defies yeah, it's, the, it's, it defies basketball logic. You know, Chris Jans. If Chris, if somebody did that with Chris Jans right now, and I got to tell you this, I don't know how much you, time uh, you've been around I, Chris Jans. I've watched him. Yeah, watched I mean, him. he and to me, he and Richard Williams are very, very similar. And, hey, if you hear them on a post-game radio, it's it's perfect. Really? I mean, those guys go – I mean, this it's awesome basketball. You yeah. learn a lot just by listening oh. to post-game radio. But they they really coach it very similar in, in, the, in their styles. One of the other things we talk about shooters, is it surprising to you about 
how big men are now classified. When you start looking in basketball, it's almost like in college basketball, there's more of a place for a big man than there is in the NBA. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the game has changed so much that if you if you can find a traditional big guy in college that wants to play around the basket, you're ahead of the game. Because now they, they've been taught and programmed that in, in the only way to make it to the NBA is to step out and shoot threes. I mean, look at Nikola Jokic, the uh, with the Denver Nuggets. I mean, he's seven seven feet, 290, and he's a 50% three-point shooter. I mean, so he makes it okay for these big guys that want to step out and shoot threes. You know, so that, that's, what, that's what they all want to do. So in college, if you find a big guy who actually wants to be around the basket and wants to use his size and strength to dominate, oh, you're going to win a lot of games. Talking to Marcus Grant, we'll come back after the break. Of course, we're brought to you by our good friends at Country Pleasing Sausage. Country Pleasing is made right here in the state of Mississippi, down in Florence, Mississippi, at Country Meat Packers. Make Country Pleasing a part of your tailgate plans, and that's countrypleasing.com. They'll ship it to you. The original jalapeno cheddar. I had a low country boil the other night, Charlie, with some shrimp. Had some uh, corn, also had some country-pleasing sausage, and so country-pleasing sausage. And we're also brought to you by our friends at Tracks Plus. Go to TracksPlus.com to look for some newer used equipment, heavy machinery, sandy excavators and mini excavators, bar coil equipment for the foresters. Tracks Plus here in the state of Mississippi. It's Their customer service is what sets them apart at Tracks Plus. Well, we'll come back. We'll talk further to Marcus Grant right after this. You're listening to Out of Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau. And welcome back to Out of Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau. I'm Mark Gregory, along with Charlie Winfield. We're talking to former Bulldog Marcus Grant, now doing some work with the Bulldog Initiative. And, Charlie, uh, when you talk about the Bulldog Initiative, we have a new initiative with our good friends at Maroon and Company. Yeah, we certainly do. Maroon and Company came up with this great plan, and it's called the NIL 10 plan. And so what you do when you go online, you go in the store, it doesn't matter. Use the code NIL 10, and two things are going to happen. The first thing is you're going to get a 10% discount. That's good. The second thing is Maroon and Company is going to make a donation of 5% of your purchase to the Bulldog Initiative. So if you go in there, you've got $100 worth of stuff. You can get 10 bucks off. You can get $5 sent to the Bulldog Initiative. Our friends at Maroon and Company really stepping forward to help us. And you can use that promo code online at maroonandco.com or in the stores as well, NIL10. One zero, not T E N. Yeah, you don't want to spell it out. We're or going not, with the numerals here. Not T I N T N. Talking to Marcus Grant. Marcus, talking about NIL. Yep. It's amazing how NIL has changed the college game. Not just in football and basketball, baseball, everything. NIL has really changed the game. It's changed the game, man. Is um, you you could have never imagined that it, it would come to this, but it is it, it's come to this. I mean, the, the student athletes, they're, they're getting compensated for their name, image, and likeness. And a lot of people say it's long overdue, you know, and a lot of people don't like it, but uh, it's the landscape of college athletics now. How does it impact the way that you can coach players? I mean, it shouldn't. It really shouldn't impact that, but it, it, it does because, you know, once you start getting into a player making money, you know, and a, and a coach knows how much they make, you know, you start – 
expecting results. It's almost like a professional. Like when a professional signs a, a, a big contract, the, the, the fans and the, the coaches, they expect big results, right? And it's almost the same as, you know, with, with the coaches. Like they say, hey, man, this, this kid got so-and-so amount of NIL. You need to produce to that level. You know, I've told somebody, I thought that one of the things that, you know, there's a lot of good things I could say about Chris Jans. Mm-hmm. I, I think one of them is this. If, if you were to look from the outside, you would think, hey, it's going to be harder in this era to get players to play defense. It's going to be harder in this era to get guys because some of them, to some degree, you know, can they can bring a little attitude with that too. And right, right. and I, I say NIL, it's really more about the transfer portal to that's, me. That's right. Meaning it's the ability to leave that is more the threat. Right. As you look in, what do you see in Chris Jans? What do you see in this staff and the the way they're able to get guys to defend? Well, you know, I, I've I've always followed Mississippi State because it's my alma mater, and I got a place for it in my heart, regardless of where I am. So. Uh, watching those guys last year, the thing that impressed me the most was how they defended, regardless of how, how they shot the ball. You know, when, when, they, when they shot the ball well, it was going to be a blowout. Yeah, but even when they didn't shoot well, their defense allowed them to win basketball games. And like I say, defense travels. I know it's old school, and they say defense wins championships, but it's the truth. Like, if, if, if you bring a group of guys to the floor every night who's going to guard and play hard – you're going to always have a chance. And that's, that's what those guys did last year uh, that they gave them an opportunity to go to the NCAA tournament. It was very, very impressive. And now you add a shooter or two to it. Yeah, absolutely. And now all of a sudden, you know, yeah. you talk about making that next step. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's exactly what they did. They, they went out and got some guys that can put the ball in the hole. Like I said, I, I coached against uh, Andrew Taylor, so I, I know how well he can shoot the ball. So uh, you add him and the, the young kid from Jackson, from MRA, he can he, Hubbard. He can really shoot the ball. So you add that you add shooting to a, a veteran team who's going to guard the crap out of you. Should be excited, exciting this year. You know, it's kind of amazing sitting here when you think that this team started one in seven in league play last year. You'd look at to me that's one of the biggest things too. In addition to getting to play hard, is it's real easy. We see a lot of teams pack it in when oh, things aren't going well. For sure. I thought keeping this team together, getting that TCU win. How much different do we feel right now? Oh yeah. Into this year, if. Maybe without that one game. And kind of, you know, we talked about it. May have been that loss to Alabama on the road where we had the lead yes. all the way to the very end. It's almost like something like that kind of catapults you into the, into the you postseason. Figure out you can play with somebody. Figure out you can play. That's right. And, well, the, and, and the schedule was unkind to them to start off, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, SEC play. And you got you to factor all that in when you think about it. Play Alabama twice, Arkansas, all, all, the, all those schools. Tennessee, you know, so you had three of the top four teams in your first six games, you know, so the schedule, it, it, it wasn't friendly to them, but it, it, it lightened up towards the end and they, they took advantage of it and, and it made it, made a really good run. Marcus, welcome back home. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. Glad yeah. to have you back. Man, I'm, glad, I'm glad to be back, man. Excited about this new opportunity. Starville's home to you, man. It is, man. Hey, look, no one's more happier than my wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's great, man. Yeah. That's great. It's great to have you back. Great to have you working with the Bulldog Initiative. Charlie, anything going on with Starville right now? Well, I tell you, this is going to be a busy time for Starville. They've got stuff like eight straight weeks, and one of them coming up this week, Bulldog Bash. And I know what? that – you're probably going to be out there on Friday with your Jason Derulo CDs looking for some <laughs> autographs, maybe a backstage pass. Maybe the friendly folks at the city of Starville can get you hooked up. Go to Starville.org. Pumpkin Palooza coming up. 
here in another week or two. Hey, Cornerstone Park's opened up. If you coach a travel ball team, oh boy, man, bring your whole team up here. They have a tournament this weekend, by the way, softball. 60-something teams are going to be here. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Marcus, have you been out to the new park? I have not. It's crazy. Really? It's really, really nice. Cornerstone Park. Hey, good to see you, Marcus. You too, man. Charlie, appreciate it. And so uh, for all of our good friends at Farm Bureau, go with the home team at Farm Bureau. Check them out at favorites.com. Tracks Plus. Go to tracksplus.com for heavy machinery. Right here in the state of Mississippi, go to tracksplus.com. New or used equipment, of course, a big service center down in Hickory as well. Maroon and Company, remember to use the promo code NIL10 at maroonandco.com or in-store purchases. Country Pleasing Sausage and Startville, Mississippi's College Town, the Startville CVB. Go to startville.org to make your plans the next time you visit our fine community. So for Charlie Winfield and Marcus Grant, I'm Bart Gregory. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us here on Out of Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau.